Looking for a new high-end mascara without breaking the bank? The new L'Oreal Paris Panorama Mascara gives you a high-end lash look in a premium gold luxe packaging. It's all about panoramic volume and fully fanned out lashes. With its tapered brush, the new Panorama Mascara catches every single lash, giving you the false lash look without any of the hassle. Say goodbye to clumps and flakes, because this mascara is specially formulated to resist them all day with up to 24-hour wear. And the best part? It performs better than Lux mascaras at only a fraction of the cost. You can buy Panorama Mascara on Amazon today. From the producers of Jury Duty and The Bachelor. We have scoured the earth for the 14 greatest reality contestants that were available during our production window. Comes a reality competition show about reality competition shows. What in gay hell have I got myself into? The Goat, premiering on Freebie and Prime Video on May 9th. Near the Winnie the Pooh attraction, which is in Tokyo Disneyland, which is probably one of the absolute greatest Disney attractions anywhere in the world. This special Winnie the Pooh at Tokyo Disneyland is great. But they sell honey popcorn right outside of it. Ooh. And Ooh. you smell that honey popcorn. I'm sure it's probably enhanced by artificial means, too. <laughs> but you smell that honey popcorn everywhere, and it is so, so addictingly good. Do you feel it? Do you feel it in the air? Do you know what that is? <laughs> uh, what is it, David? Claire, it's magic. <sighs> I'm David Magadoff, one of your hosts of Fanatics, and my other co-host is here. Her name is... Claire Kramer. Hi, David. I am definitely feeling magical today. <laughs> yes. Because we have a magician on. We do have a magician on. Um, the amazing Rob Lake, who we will yes. talk about. He, of course, you guys have probably seen on America's Got Talent. He was a uh, quarterfinalist on season 13. He has consulted for a million shows. He also uh, is like the biggest touring magician show in the world if i'm not mistaken he has five semi trucks that go around the world he <laughs> is home he says he go, he's in his home 10 percent of the year 90 percent of the year the man is in hotels touring england and japan and the netherlands and italy and greece and guam he's even performed at the white house and you, you probably have seen him because he is on the road, and you all live everywhere, right? So you've right. probably seen Rob. Congrats. I, I love, What does magic mean to you, David? Like, wh when I say the word magic, what does that mean? Claire, I have an uncle who was my young uncle. Did you have, like, a young aunt or a young uncle in your life? Well, I had one that was three days older than me. So. Oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Very young. But I'm from Ohio, so, you know. <laughs> it's all twisty twerby there. Uh Oh, Ohio. Uh, What's round on the sides and high in the middle? Ohio. <laughs> All right. Anyway, want, magic. No, what I does like it that. mean want, to you? That is magical in its, its own self, Ohio. My uncle, my young uncle, Peter, he uh, had, he was a magician on the side. I don't know why. He just did it, like, for fun. He didn't, like, I don't think he made much money for it, but he knew a lot. And he, occasionally he would do a show. Whenever I would go visit grandma's house, because that's where he still lived because he was the young uncle. When I visited grandma's house, I would always see his box of magic, but I was never allowed to open the box unless he was there. And it was very, very tempting because it was a very 
big box full of really cool tricks. And so whenever he was home, that's how I started to sort of learn bits and pieces of magic. And so it was very sweet. It's a very sweet thing to have like a family member be the one to kind of teach me and show. And, and I, and I just, to this day, I'm always in awe of magic and I never really want to learn how a trick is done. How about you, Claire? Um, yes. Magic means a lot of things to me. <laughs> My, uh, the only thing I've ever learned to do is a couple card tricks and not like the magic type card tricks where card disappear, just the type where you like know which card you're directing the person to choose. And so you do, you know, you lay out four cards, four sets of four cards and say, pick a card Then you can kind of, you like pick it up and look at it. And then you kind of like know where the card they chose is. And so you, whether they pick the pile, you take away the other pile, or if they pick the pile, it's in, then you, you know what I mean? That kind of magic. But never, I've never learned any like bunny, top hat, Houdini, you know, magic like that. You know, there's still time, Claire, and we know how you love picking up new hobbies. You know, <laughs> I think I'm good on this one, but you know, I I would love to take my kids to see Rob and his show. And you know what's so interesting about what he's fanatical about, which is Tokyo Disney Sea, is that to him, this Disney theme park provides inspiration to his magic, and that's where he draws his fanaticism from, which I love. It's a beautiful thing. We, Claire and I both didn't even know it existed until this podcast. It's Tokyo Disney Sea. It's a theme park in Tokyo. Surprise, surprise. Guys, I also want to leave you with this before we go into the conversation. One of our producers, Elizabeth, she also put it on the chat. She also is from Ohio and says her mom is older than her uncle. Okay, so there you go, everyone. Ohio. Okay, guys, welcome to this episode of Fanatics. Our guest today is the amazing magician, Rob Lake. Hi, Rob. Hey there. I can't wait to discuss uh, what you're fanatical about, which is Disney theme parks, but it even goes deeper than that, right? It does, absolutely. I, I love the Disney parks. I try to go to them. They're like my recharge or my uh, my happy place. I could just be there in the park and I'm, I'm, I'm happy, I'm recharging, I'm, I'm happy with life, but... You're right. There is a specific park that I love above all the other ones. And which one is that? That is Tokyo Disney Sea. And I love that because at the beginning of this, when you mentioned when you mentioned it, I was literally like, "Is there an A and a B Tokyo Disney?" <laughs> and then what's why is there a third one? But no, it's C S E A. Correct. So almost like the opposite of Disneyland. So you have Disneyland and Disney Sea. And this park is unique to Tokyo. It's unlike anything else in the world. And it is the most phenomenal, elaborate, detailed, immersive experience in the world. And it was designed for adults. So, you know, I think as an adult, you have even greater appreciation than uh, the perception, which is that Disney is usually just for kids. Okay, so it, there's the Tokyo Disneyland, as you said, and then Correct. the Tokyo Disney Sea. And is it like when you go, for example, in California to the Disneyland mm -hmm. here, and then California Adventure, where they're kind of like beside each other? Correct, they are. They are beside each other. You know, in California, they do share the same entry plaza, but this one you have to take the monorail. They kind of are back to back, so you have to take a really cool Disney monorail, which is awesome because at Tokyo it's unique. It actually has Mickey Mouse shaped windows and Mickey Mouse. Uh, shaped handles you hold on the, on the monorail, but you have to monorail around from park to park because they actually back to back and don't share the same entry plaza. But yeah, it is, uh, they're connect, almost connected and it is um, just amazing, it's phenomenal. 
So what's the sea part? Is it a water park? Is it that it's an island? All of the lands are themed like waterways. When you enter this this uh, park, you're in Mediterranean Harbor, and it feels like you are in Venice, Italy. It is it is gorgeous. It is stunning. The detail is elaborate. And the hub, the middle of the park, is its own land, which is an exploding, erupting volcano that shoots out fire Ooh. and lava all the time throughout the day. And inside of the volcano is kind of a Jules Verne world, mysterious island. Uh, they have some cool attractions like 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea and Journey to the Center of the Earth. And some of the other lands, they've got a, a New York Harbor, American Waterfront, which is imagined like turn of the century, not this century, but the last one of New York City. And the detail feels like you're on the most detailed, elaborate movie set. So you've got uh, you know steam coming out of the sewage uh, covers. You've got little old cars driving around, an old Broadway house that would have looked like a you know, Broadway house from that era. Um, and actually, they actually built the facade of a cruise ship that just like it pulled into port. Was an amazing restaurant there. And then they've got a futuristic port, Port Discovery. They have Indiana Jones has his whole area there. It's like kind of an Amazonian jungle uh, river area called Lost River Delta. And Aladdin has an Arabian uh, waterfront, uh, Arabian coast there. There's even a little mermaid area. By the way, everyone, he does not have the blueprints in front of him. He's no, no, just I'm just going saying off memory. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Totally off the top of your head. <laughs> and the mermaid area, half of it is above ground, but the other half you kind of walk down this corridor and it's actually designed and lit like you're underwater. Oh, wow. So it's so everyone should really take a few minutes. Google images of D- Tokyo Disney Sea. You will be completely blown away. I'm doing it How right now. How many times have you been there? Only like seven or eight. Not enough. <laughs> That's a lot, though, to go to Tokyo. Yeah. How many times have you been to Tokyo? Well, well, the thing is, in a normal year when we're traveling and touring all the time, uh, I'm on the road 90% of the year. So anytime I'm somewhere near, like in the vicinity of a Disney park, I'll usually go and take my cast and my crew. So every time I've gone through Asia, I find some way to get a stop over to Tokyo, primarily for Disney Sea. I love it. It's true. I'm looking at photos. It's all water. Surprise, surprise. You're right. It's just like all harbors and waterways. Yeah. That's exactly. Well, it's called Disney Sea. Yeah, David. yeah, I so, know. Yes. I'm fine. <laughs> it's, it's slowly coming, and I'm slowly getting it. Tell me about the first time you discovered. Disney Sea because it's as you said yourself it's quite unique to the Disney franchise to have this it is. sort of you know water immersive experience. Well, I, it was actually my first time in Japan. I it was my first big gig. It was a uh, about a six month show in Japan, and at the end of my gig, I was in the northern part of Japan, and I went to Tokyo for vacation before coming home. And of course, I had to spend a day or two doing Disney. I'm, I was always a Disney fan, and I love the parks. And I was really excited to see Tokyo Disneyland. And I almost didn't even bother going to Disney Sea because I thought, oh, you know, it can't be that big. Because a lot of the times the secondary parks are not as great. Like when California mm. Adventure opened in California, pretty soon they had to do a lot of work to make it popular. Now I think it's absolutely great. But so I figured, you know, similar that the second park can't be that great. So I spent a day at Tokyo Disneyland, which immediately became one of my favorite parks already. And when I went to Disney Sea, my jaw dropped and it never came back up. It was just, I was blown away and it was impossible to, it's still impossible to explain the attention to detail and how elaborate it makes. That park, Disney Sea, makes like the Vegas casinos look like really cheap community theater. Wow. Wow. That's it, saying a lot. I just is. spent a, I just spent eight days in Vegas. So you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I mean, it's I, just the attention to detail and the immersion is just so well thought out. And if you've watched um, on Disney Plus, the Imagineering story, which is a really, really awesome, inspiring series of, uh, you know, of making of Disney parks and, you know, from the Imagineers, uh, they have a whole feature segment of when they were creating Disney Sea and how the contrast of it was basically everything got approved with, with almost a limited budget. 
Um, so it was really just phenomenal. When you walked into Disney Sea for the mm-hmm. first time or swam in, yeah. what was yeah. the first thing that really made you go, oh, this is different and cool? The size, the scale, the scope of it, it is so massive. When you first enter this kind of Mediterranean lagoon, which has the volcano opposite you as you enter, is massive. I mean, so massive that the parades are done on this lagoon, and they've got these barges with 30, 40, 50 performers per barge. And if you have multiple barges put around, just the size of that is massive. So so just the, just the scale of it all, and not only is it just huge and uh, mind-blowing big it just the detail everywhere you look is just so perfect and so well thought out do you take your whole cast there with you like i your have whole crew? i have yeah we we did um i was last there we in uh early 2019 i think we'd done a show in singapore for a month and on the way either the way there or the way back i took everybody by there we had to stop over in tokyo and how many people again are in your in your touring crew it takes about 20 people to 25 people to travel with us wow. for the show around the world are they like, all right, I'll go? Or are they like, well, this is great, thanks, Rob, best boss ever? You know, you know, at first, at first, like, okay, yeah, sure, why not? But, but within minutes, they're hooked. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Bite, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Bite.com. Bite Clear Liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Do you love saving money? Then Philo is your solution. Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. No contracts, no commitments, no hassles, just a better way to watch TV. Never miss a minute of shows like the hit docuseries Where is Wendy Williams or classics such as Friends. If you can't get enough TV, then there's no better way to watch. Philo has more than 70 channels like BET, MTV, and AMC. And the best part? You can try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash P-O-P-P-O-D-S to get 50% off your first month. Let's go back. The first time you walked mm-hmm. in and you said you didn't really have expectations, you know? You expected it just another park, the subsidiary park of the Disneyland Tokyo. Once you walked in and started, you know, experiencing... Now what's your favorite? What were the emotions like? What did you feel like inside? You know, I still feel the same way when I go back. I, I'm it's, Even though I've been there before, I know what to look for. I know what to say ooh and ah at. I'm still blown away by the execution of it all. That, you know, the, that something this elaborate and this perfect can be created. So I, I'm still, it's overwhelming. And for me, the reason I love the Disney parks is it inspires me. I'm in a very creative industry. And I don't go watch magic shows for inspiration. I'll go to Disney parks or to Broadway shows or London shows. You know, I find you know entertainment to be my inspiration, and this is the most perfect, elaborate, and uh, detailed entertainment experience in the world. So for me, it's like being immersed in the ultimate creative inspiration. And the first, you know, the first times I went, you know, I this was you know back when we had you know a little before your phone could take pictures. 
you know, I you have to, you know, I would have to buy throughout the day, keep going back to the gift shops to buy more camera data sticks because I was taking so many pictures of, you know, of, of things that you know, not not just like me with Mickey Mouse and the fun stuff, but like just the colors or the textures or the designs or the combinations of the 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 uh, the floor gradient patches. I mean, just so much was thought out and so inspiring that I wanted to be able to have this as a resource whenever I'm creating and designing things too. What is a way, tangibly, that maybe as simple as as Tokyo Disney Sea has inspired your magic or life? Absolutely. You know, I, in fact, even this uh, a few months ago, we were working on uh, something where we needed some kind of rustic metal types and textures, and I couldn't decide on what I wanted, so I just went through my Tokyo Disney Sea albums. I said, okay, this is the color, or this is the vibe, or this is the, the you know, th- this scene is the kind of emotion we're going for. So we printed it out and we posted it up, and that way everyone on our team kind of had an idea of the vision I had. We weren't copying it, but, you know, that mood, that style, that story, because there's a lot of backstories. You know, they might create like a little restaurant or a little cafe, but there's a story that no one knows about who opened it, why they moved to town, where it came from, because the story helps drive the, what they're telling. And, you know, anytime they have to make decisions on what color or what to do or what style or what menu item or what should be included in this, they can reference the actual core story so everyone's on the same page. It's very congruent. So we kind of try to do a similar type of thing. What's the emotion? What's the story? What's the feeling we're going for? So that all of our decisions, we create something, kind of go along that same line and build towards the same congruent goal. Mm-hmm. Your Pinterest board is very different from my wife's Pinterest board. <laughs> I, you know, I can't ever figure that side out. I know it's, it's uh, I, I, you know, I, I guess I, I'm old fashioned. I do it, you know, with actual boards or Dropbox folders and, you know, categories. But yeah. Old fashioned Dropbox. All right, Rob, yep. my question for you is since you are our very first Disney file. No way. Yeah. Really? And I know wow. we're going to get a lot more. So, But I know that you're probably going to be one of very few people who are walking in here with Tokyo Disney Sea, which is very cool. But where did the original origin story for you and your love of the Disney park start? Because that's always a special thing, especially for the person who adores Disney. Sure, absolutely. And it's a great story. So growing up, my hero was and still is Walt Disney. You know, all my book reports as kids were Walt Disney. You know, you dress up like a famous old person was Walt Disney. And my favorite shows growing up were the um, kind of behind-the-scenes shows, you know, the Disney Channel would make, you know, of upcoming attractions, recommended movies. I would I would study and watch those. You know, like when they were putting Beauty and the Beast on Broadway, the Disney Channel had this really great behind-the-scenes feature they did, which I recorded, you know, VHS over and over. So I was always knew I would love it and like it, but I was, uh, I think, um, eight years old when I first went with my family to Disneyland. And it was everything I'd hoped for and wanted to be and then some. But that was the only time I went until I was 18. Uh, But that one time as a kid, when I was there, Michael Eisner, who was the CEO at the time, uh, was filming a spot uh, in Disneyland in the park. And I walked right up to him and introduced myself and said, someday I'm going to come work with you. (laughs) So I always knew that I would have this Disney uh, connection somehow. Well, did you ever end up working with Michael Eisner? Not not directly, but I have uh, done some consulting for different parts of the company and doing effects for them. There you go, there you go. What, oh, did that's he, awesome. Did he say did he did he say how much how much you're going to cost me, or did he go? No, like, no. Okay. You know, he was really really gracious. He signed my little autograph book that I had for the characters, <laughs> uh, which I still have that on my wall. Uh, he took pictures with myself, my family. You know, was, I mean, he spent a lot of time talking to us. It was really gracious and nice. And and you know, as a kid, you know, you don't realize how people should not be approachable. So you just why not go talk to him. What is the first place you go to when you walk into uh, Tokyo Disney Sea? Where do you go first, and why? 
Okay, so 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 they have they have the Tower of Terror attraction there, which is something that's common if you've been to the Disney parks in the U.S. Mm-hmm. or in Paris. Uh, it's a little bit different. They don't have Twilight Zone, so it's a different theme there. And uh, the park is so popular that the majority of the rides, the attractions, have three and four hour waits all day. What? So, yeah, I mean, and because all the people who come are locals who they don't mind. You know, they're there for the day. You know, they can come do one or two things and be happy. So for me, I have a few tricks to get around the fast pass system. But so for me, uh, as soon as I get in the park, I sprint, you know, ignoring everyone saying, walk, please, walk, please, you know, to whatever attraction I want to fast pass, which is usually the Tower of Terror, Indiana Jones, or Journey to the Center of the Earth. But the Tower of Terror attraction has a special effect illusion in the, in the kind of the pre-show, the warm-up, the intro of it, that is one of the most amazing magical illusions I've ever seen in my life. Wow. And uh, I always want to watch it again and again and again. Um, the first time I saw it, I had no idea how it was done. It completely floored me, blew me away, and I love that feeling because... With what I do, it takes a lot to completely blow me away yeah. and fool me. <laughs> now, now, as soon as I went back, I was able to cut to watch it and study it. But I, I mean, I could just—it's it, what magic should look like, and I um I love that attraction and that effect. Wow, that I feel like almost chills when a magi- when a magician of your caliber is saying that you keep going back to a ride. Not even a ride. The what's in the lobby at a Disney park, and that that is blowing you away. I mean, that's kind of how I feel about the Tiki Room a little bit in Disneyland, but yeah, that's just yeah. more from my heart because I grew up with it, and it seems magical every time. But I don't know. Your yours is another level. I have I now I've wanted to go to Tokyo for many years. Now I really want to go to Tokyo. Yeah, I mean, and most people think you know you know you, there's never enough time in Tokyo. It's a really amazing city to visit, and you can spend weeks there and not see everything you wish to see. But whatever you do, make sure you plan a couple of days for the the two Disney parks there. They are really worth it, and most people would agree it's the highlight of the trip. Four hours, four hours to wait in line. Yeah, my yeah, brain can't wrap around that. That's why you got to get there early and just uh, you know and hope for the you know grab a fast what are, pass. What are the fast pass else. tricks that you said? <laughs> oh, I don't know if I should say those out loud. I don't. I'll, I'll tell you offline. I can't. I can't okay, publicly okay. announce that. But yeah, I, 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 <laughs> I, I found some way to. I found ways to maximize because if I'm, I'm usually passing through, I'm on the way to a gig or from a gig. I've got a really tiny window, so I really have a day to get everything done that I want to see and do. And so right. I really have had to you know kind of be creative. So. Have you uh, have you ever um, had a personal celebration, a birthday celebration, or uh, I don't know if you're married, but like if you if you aren't and you were to get married, uh, maybe a honeymoon or a ceremony at Disney? So so I can never go to Disney on my birthday. It's just not going to happen, especially in the U.S. Because my birthday is December thirtieth, ah. and and the busiest time of the year for Disneyland and Disney World is you know the weeks before Christmas all the way through New Year's. It is. You know, they reach capacity in the morning, it's packed, it's crowded, there are weights for everything. It just would not be fun for me, you know, to be there for my birthday. But one time I was passing through uh, Tokyo on my birthday, and for them, New Year's Eve is not a big deal. They obviously are not celebrating Christmas like we are here, so it's decorated nice, but it's not. So for me, going to my birthday, uh, to Tokyo Disney Sea on my birthday happened one time. I was lucky, and it was just like any average day at the park. Uh huh. Uh-huh. So that, that was but a one time thing. That was a one time yeah. thing because it will never happen in the U.S. <laughs> Yes. And and what's your perception on uh like for example Club 33 which it's, it's you know It's cool. That's great. I have been I was really lucky to get to go one time. Um my, before my good before friend... we saw, just so people know because yeah. there's some people who don't know even though sure. if you're in the SoCal area you know what we're talking about. It's the Well, why don't you explain it, Rob? It's the place in it's Disneyland. It's a secret private members only club at Disneyland. It's basically above Pirates of the Caribbean in New Orleans Square. Uh, it's a an amazing restaurant. You have to be a member, or a member has to take you in. And I think there's a 14 year 
waiting yeah. list for membership now, um, which is crazy. So um, <laughs> with an exceptionally really expensive, you know, annual due uh, just to be able to be able to go to this club. But I, uh, my good friend Morgan, uh, who is one of my good Disneyland friends, uh, took me there a couple years ago, and it was amazing. It was it it felt so special to be up there. You know, the food was great, the service was amazing, the view, you know, overlooking the park was great, but it just had this ambiance of you're in a really special place. Can you describe one thing to us mortals? What is so special <laughs> about it? Because I, my brain can't. I'm, you're blowing my mind. Today. I'm thinking about the greatest illusion ever in Tokyo, Disney Sea, which I didn't even know it existed. Yeah, yeah, talking about yeah. four hour waits. Talking about fourteen year long waiting lists. My, <laughs> I'm like, I feel like I have to live five different lives to live the life that you've already had. But like in <laughs> in that room, what was a thing or two? Well, well, was the chicken marsala? Really large, so <laughs> yeah. It's a really, really large, uh, uh, you know, restaurant room because they've basically taken all of the buildings over the upper levels of New Orleans Square, and it's, it's pretty cool how they're all connected to each other. Um, there's this really, uh, the entryway, um, uh, you know, you, you ring the bell, they see on the video screen, they let you in, they walk you up the staircase. I would say the, the coolest thing would be this, obviously, it's, Disney is known for service, and this would probably be the best service of Disney. You know, this is... Uh, um, this is great and everything service. is branded Disney. Like it's it's the the it's embroidered on the napkin. Yeah. I've had a chance to go there a couple times too. It's mm-hmm. just awesome. I mean, it's just very. But it's not like it's not like cheesy over the top. No, mouse ears. It's it's, it's very classy. classy. It's very very classy. classy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Does your significant other, your partner, have to love Disney as much as you? And well, th- right now that would be my dog. And okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I think he does. He's got a few Mickey Mouse toys, but I think so. You know, but but yeah, all my friends. Uh, you know, it's I don't decorate my house with Mickey's Disney stuff. I don't wear mouse ears in the park. I'm pretty normal. I just I enjoy the experience of it. Mm-hmm. So I enjoy the experience of taking friends uh, or, or relatives there. Um, not necessarily to play tour guide. I just want to experience you know my pace, my way with the people I enjoy. I actually understand what you mean by that because I love, you know, when I love something, I love sharing it as much as I love experiencing it myself. And it's like seeing it through someone's, you know, someone else's eyes or their perspective or their perception for the first time, it invigorates you as well, you know? Absolutely. And I know how much it inspires me, so I hope it will inspire them in some ways too. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs. A gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs. Now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Rob, have you ever debated over which Disney park is the best? And Oh, it's well, Disney Sea, for sure. That's easy. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Hands down by miles, yeah. No, by so miles. I've actually been to all of them. Uh, a few years ago, I'd finished a three and a half year working nonstop with almost no break. And I had finished a tour in Europe, and on a whim, I canceled my flight home, and I flew home the other way. I flew to Disneyland Paris, then Hong Kong, Disneyland, Shanghai Disneyland, 
and then uh, the Tokyo parks, and then came home. So, I, so I've been to all of them, and uh, and by far, Tokyo Disneyland and Tokyo Disney Sea are the best. Wow. Do they have the hidden Mickey's? They do. They do. They so, do what everywhere. is the what's the most like obscure hidden Mickey at Tokyo Disneyland Sea? Um, hmm, that's tough. Uh, you know, probably the most obscure ones are like you know engraved into rock work. Mm. Uh, you know, so they're really subtle, hard to see, or, or you know, just like more where they feel. I, I like the ones that are very organic, and you kind of have to stop. Wait, is that one? And if, if you stop and say, "Oh, wait, is that one?" It probably is. You know, that's awesome. Yeah, Rob. One of my favorite things I like to talk about on on these podcasts are the why. So why, if you had to finally look inside yourself, why do you think you have such a romance with? Disney parks, obviously Tokyo Disney Sea, but just all the parks in general too. Do you think? Do you think you can look look into yourself and go like, you know what? It's because I love the escapism, or it's because. Bu- 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 bu. What would you think if you had to self analyze? Yeah. So so when they created the parks, the goal was to you know really immerse you in a world so you can escape. But for me, I, I I try to do the impossible and the unreal in my normal world, my normal life anyway. So for me, it's still like I still feel like I have my feet in the ground. So I wouldn't say it's an escape for me. It's a recharge because I can go in there. I can be inspired by the possibility that it is possible to create a world that creates this much wonder. Mm-hmm. Or it is for me. It's it's the um, the creation of wonder and magic. Again, it doesn't have to be tricks. You know, it can be magic. It can be you know enchantment. So for me, the the reason I get recharged by it, the reason I keep going back or want to go back, even if I just go back, is if if Disneyland's crowded, I could go sit on a park bench and just be content. It's because it's a reminder of the uh, perfectionism, the attention to detail, and uh, how much work and dedication it can be put into making something so totally wondrous and enchanting. So for me, that's it. More than the thrill of the rides, it's just the it's the whole package. And knowing how much work and how much blood, sweat, and tears, and and time and energy went into this for the sole purpose of just making people smile and be happy. I love that. That's this great. may be a little bit of a an odd question. <laughs> Okay. But I'm a I'm a scent person. Is there okay. a certain smell to Ooh, the Disney parks like or the Disney, to- especially sure. being on water? So there are scents everywhere, and, and Disney is huge on scents in attractions and lands, and they have you know the artificial scents everywhere. Um, you know they like some of my favorite Disney scents are like on the ride Soren, you know, at California Adventure. Yeah, yeah. Um, especially the original one, those pine trees. You know. Um, <laughs> uh, so so yes, there are scents, but what's kind of exciting about it. Is they have the popcorns, you know, little popcorn carts all over the park. But what's really and they have these crazy elaborate popcorn buckets that people will line up again hours for to get certain limited edition popcorn buckets. I don't, I don't do that. I don't even buy that many souvenirs. I just, you know, I my souvenirs are the pictures and the memories. But each of these popcorn stations has different scents and flavors because I don't know who eats all these flavors, but they do. They sell like they sell obviously regular popcorn. Near the Winnie the Pooh attraction, which is in Dis- Tokyo Disneyland, which is probably one of the absolute greatest Disney attractions anywhere in the world. This special Winnie the Pooh at Tokyo Disneyland is great. But they sell honey popcorn right outside of it. Ooh. And Ooh. you smell that honey popcorn. I'm sure it's probably enhanced by artificial means, too. <laughs> but you smell that honey popcorn everywhere, and it is so, so addictingly good. But they also have curry popcorn and black pepper popcorn. And I think there's even a fish popcorn. I mean, really obscure things that people are obsessed with, all these different popcorn types. So... So, so when you say sense about Tokyo Disney, both Disneyland, Disney Sea, what triggers the most is the memory of all those popcorn stations all around with all their unique flavors. 
Yeah, because I find like that the sense of smell is like to me even stronger than like the sound mm-hmm. or, you know, yeah. other things or visual sometimes. Yeah, and it just like can totally take you into a certain place, you know? It does. I mean, that's why they pop popcorn at opening time. You know, no one's buying popcorn at 8 a.m., but they want you to smell that because the smell is so important for Disney. You know, as you mm-hmm. as you enter Disney, they want you to smell that fresh popcorn like you're entering that experience. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. All right. So hypothetically, if I'm a California Disneyland guy, and I think I might be fine if I never necessarily make it out to Tokyo Disney Sea, convince me that I might I need to go there opposed to just sticking with old safe Disneyland. Well, there's nothing wrong with old safe Disneyland. I still love it. It's still one of my favorite places in the world. But until you experience Disney Sea, it's everything you like of Disneyland magnified both in size and scale, and then it's really designed and geared towards adults. It was built in the, uh, Tokyo Disneyland was built in the 80s, and Disney Sea was built in 2000. So you've got, you know, all the years of experience, you know, 30 plus years for Disneyland, and, you know, you know much more uh, for Disney Sea, that the Imagineers could put into play. So when they created these parks, they are absolute perfection. Plus the Japanese culture already is so polite, and tidy, and clean, and orderly, that they just take the Disney world we know and make it even more perfect. How significant w- will it be for a future significant other to also be as excited about? Oh, I think it's a deal breaker. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. I agree. I mean, how could they, I mean, not? Why, how could they not? You know, especially because what I'm totally getting from you, which I love, is it's an artistic inspiration. You know, mm-hmm. it's not mm-hmm. just like a place to go have fun. It's kind of like everything that you love about life wrapped into one place you know what Absolutely. i mean i agree i would totally agree with that have you it's ever like had I a chance to have major like 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 psychological assessment so thank you <laughs> yeah exactly like <laughs> and it was free um Perfect. <laughs> have you ever had a chance to perform there at any of the parks i performed on disney cruise line and i don't know 2005 or 6 i think i'm just not a cruise fan I, yeah. I got bored and didn't feel, you know, I, I wouldn't have seasick, but just I, I would like being on land. So if I was going to do a cruise again, either as a guest or as a performer, Disney would be my top choice, hands down. Um, but no, I mean, you know, for them, uh, growing up, I always wanted to, but, you know, Mickey does the magic. Their stories tell the magic. They don't need a magician, but I've been able to, I can't say too much, but I've been able to kind of consult on some things behind the scenes for some other projects. So I've, I've been able to dabble in that world and feel like I've fulfilled some dreams in that way. Speaking of dreams, have you ever dreamt about the park? Ooh. Have you ever oh, like literally always. dreamt like ha, yeah, in your totally. dreams? Are they fear, are they like? fear dreams, Rob? Like where you're like you know, can't you know, get no, out of the no, park? You know, or like, they... know, no, oh no, that'd be that'd be a blessing. But um, <laughs> like the dream would be like, oh no, you know the nightmare. Oh no, we overslept, we missed the park, or something like that. You know those kind of crazy dreams. So, no, only happy uh, dreams. My dream like that is I I don't know why I have this dream. Um, and feel free to analyze, but it's always that I can't open my eyes. Like I'm in my dream, being like I need to be awake, but like I can't. Mm-hmm. Open my eyes. I don't know what that is. It's the jet lag, right? Yeah, right. I don't know. Claire, (laughs) my therapist is very good at interpreting dreams, so I'll come back with you on that one. Okay, yeah, I'll tell you more about it after. Perfect. (laughs) After the show. Okay, um, you mentioned the popcorn. Number one thing that you also need to eat when you're at Tokyo Disney Sea. Oh, sea salt ice cream. (gasps) Mmm. Yeah, it's yeah. I mean, you can't just have one. You can't even just have one an hour. I mean, this is it's like so good. It's like a vanilla ice cream. It has a tiny hint of sea salt. It is. I even looked up the recipe online to try to make my own. So, um, did you make it? I did. I even, I, you know, like uh, during the last year when I was you know stuck home for the pandemic, I was like, you know, what else can I cook or do that I can't do when I normally travel? So, 
I've you know found several recipes to try to you know find the copycat of the Disney sea sea salt ice cream. I love that. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's so good. Well, Mr. Lake, we love to end our podcasts with uh, something special, and I feel like I'm going to get a good one out of you. It's a love letter, a love letter to Tokyo Disney Sea, and you can please begin with with dear Tokyo Disney Sea, and then speak out your love letter uh, of what it has meant for you. All right. Dear Tokyo Disney Sea, thank you for being so magical and inspiring and amazing, so elaborate, detailed, and perfect. And for inspiring myself and many more for many generations, I can't wait to see what you do next, and I can't wait to be back in your embrace again soon. Sincerely. Love. Sincerely, your biggest fan, Rob Lake. I love it. <laughs> I love it. And I love that your last name is also Water. I know. How, how oh, yeah. Is that? I mean, that, yeah. you know. Good call, Claire. <laughs> it's a match made in heaven. It is a match made in heaven. Um, I cannot thank you enough. I'm I'm about ready to Wikipedia the, you know, but Jesus. Look at, look at, the, of... look at the photo pages. There's some photo sites that are that, that you know kind of take you on a tour. It's beautiful. It's a it's a yeah. thing. It is yeah. it is. I get it, and I and I get that every photo doesn't encompass. Yeah. And to check out the Imagineering story, it shows you this park in, in a little bit of great detail too. Uh, I can't wait. Thank you so much, Rob. You were amazing. And we will definitely be, uh, David and I, we need to plan like an excursion to Tokyo Disney. See. I love this show because we're always (laughs) learning new stuff. And as you mentioned, David, we didn't even know Tokyo Disney Sea even existed. And now... It is like my number one family destination of where I would love to take my children. Of all the Disney parks, I've been to the Orlando Park and then the, of course, Southern California parks, both of them. But this just seems totally, it's its on sea. It's everything's water, you know? The photos look wonderful. For me, it takes like maybe three people to finally watch a television show. Like if you tell me to watch hacks and then a brother friend tells me what hacks on hbo max and then by the third person who tells me i'm like like, okay okay, i gotta watch it now i'll do it yeah he was so excited about tokyo disney sea that i don't need two other people he he's enough he his passion for it i'm like all right i'm in i would never normally go there i disneyland's fine for me but he loved it so much that even he he's he got me on a place with a four hour line wait which is a hard thing to do to convince me but that's how that's how exciting. I love that he has the photo collection because I too am like a photo. I take so many pictures, especially now that like a camera is literally with me 24 seven because yeah. of, you know, having an iPhone. I love photographing things and I love like photographing detail. So it's, it's really interesting to me how he uses those photos from this particular theme park as inspiration for, you know, a feeling or like a genre or a moment within his own shows, you know? Yeah, his connection with wonder. I loved his why. His why was great. Why Tokyo Disney Sea is called Tokyo Disney Sea, by the way, not Disneyland. Tokyo Disney Sea is uh, such a place that gives and takes for him with wonder and the idea of him walking into a wonderland because he is in the he is in the business of wonder. 
And I think that's really cool. He's in the business of wonder. And he's like, well, where can I experience wonder? And I think there's some people who would say Yosemite. And I think there'd be some people who'd say Niagara Falls or Iceland. And he's like, no, I'm I'm making man-made wonder. And I love to go to the people who make the best man-made wonder. And they sort of feed off each other. I think that's a beautiful thing. Yeah, I love it. I love it. It's and I gotta say, I'm really interested in like the honey popcorn. (laughs) You know, I love I love the specialty things. Like when actually when the California Disney opened back up, everyone's like, I'm gonna get the dole the dole whip or whatever, you know, the dole pineapple whip. And that seems to be the thing. That and the sea salt ice cream. You know, those those things do make it all adds up. And he's right. The fact that Disney pays attention to every single detail they They really not just the visual details not just the auditory details but as we talked about like the sense of smell the taste the everything is a package no litter no dirt no litter no dirt The, the the fact that all the employees are referred to as cast members you know and it makes me just want to go yeah I <laughs> and was a, I, I want to wear the ears with my name on the back of them I want the you, Claire embroidered on the back of a set of ears I'm sorry but Claire, I do you can do that now without even having to go I can yeah I support this you have my per you have my not permission but my encouragement you don't okay. need my permission but I will give you my encouragement giving me a pat on the back I love it um, but would you go would you go to Tokyo Disney Sea with your kids and wait for three to four hours that is literally the yes. only thing that gives me trepidation well I mean okay first he did mention the fast pass that's without the fast pass yeah you that's know true, that's and true. then also he mentioned that he has some offline oh, tips yeah. so we'll have to, I'll have to hit him up that. for that but you know whenever inevitably when you wait like that and I have had to wait in lines with my kids like at California Adventure or the main Disneyland park here in California it's it's worth it it is worth it to go through that experience whether it's like Mr. Toad's Wild Ride or the you know the Cars attraction over at California Adventure there's a reason people are willing to wait because that three minutes that you experience the ride it is something and again it's that suspension of disbelief. You forget about the hours before that you waited and you immerse yourself in the moment. And that's what really Disney's all about. That's what magic's all about. And that's what Rob is all about. And that's why I love him. I'll just and say That's it. what this podcast is all about. We immersed <laughs> ourselves. And so we, we wish you well as you immerse yourself back into normal life. I hope you all make it out okay. But don't worry. We're always here for all of our past <laughs> podcasts are online. Please listen. Vampires, superheroes, so much more, and one amazing Deborah Ann Wall. Yes, you know her from True Blood, Daredevil, The Defenders, The Punisher, and her wonderful YouTube series, Relics and Rarities. Guys, Deborah and I went to college. She's a wonderful actress. It's next week's episode. I I wish you all went to college with me, but you didn't. It was just her. So you're going to have to listen to us talk about college and a whole lot more because she loves Dungeons and Dragons, something that I've never played. What's wrong with me? Thank you for listening to Fanatics, a Roddenberry podcast. For more episodes and info, head over to wearefanatics.com or tweet your Fanatics thoughts and stories at wearefanatics. Yes, that's we are F-A-N-A-D-D-I-C-T-S. Our show is hosted by Claire Kramer and me, David Magadoff. Produced by me, Claire Kramer, and Kelsey Goldberg. 
Executive producers Trevor Roth and Rod Roddenberry. Our sound engineer and editor is Elizabeth Joy Windham. And you can thank Stephen Mudd for our theme song. Catch us next Thursday for another Fanatics episode. Domo arigato, Rob Lake Obato. Thank you very much, Rob Lake Obato, for telling us about Tokyo Disney Sea. Sounds very good to me. Are you tired of dating assholes? Do you want a Prince Charming? If so, we're filming a reality show. Sign up here. 12 American women are flown over to the UK for a Bachelor-style reality dating show. There are so many questions about a show like this because it's so odd. These women have been told that they were going to be dating the world's most eligible bachelor, Prince Harry. What? Y'all playing with me, right? You can binge The Bachelor of Buckingham Palace exclusively on Wondery Plus. Join Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts or the Wondery app.